Well, welcome back, everyone. We're excited to get into our second topic on marriage. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the deepest need Ooh. that we have. And that sounds really official, doesn't it? It does. It does. It do- I mean, that raises lots of thoughts and questions. So many questions. Like, People have what? opinions. They do. What do you think some of the opinions are of deepest need? Oh. Somebody's... Not what we're talking about, but just if you were to talk to the average person. Somebody's going to say sex. Sex. That is that's a very deep <laughs> need. And we will talk about sex on this, and that will probably be the most listened to Episode? podcast. Probably. Probably. But no, that is not the deepest need it's of a human not. being. No. It's not. What about just? love and affection love time. and affection yeah what about, time. What about all those of are that? all important they're excellent they're not the deepest need they're though. not your deepest need and that's why we want to talk about it because human beings which make up marriage have an even deeper need than for other human beings to love them or to approve of them um, or to have affection with them the deepest need that we have is your personal relationship with Jesus mm, Christ. Yeah. And I know people are like, oh, he's a pastor. He's got to say that. And yeah. I don't have to say that. Like God doesn't give me extra money for like <laughs> <laughs> marketing his stuff. Like, no, it's true. We've we've worked with a lot of marriages. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we've lived 25 years in marriage. Yep. And what would you say over those years would be the deepest need, even from the outside, just looking at marriages? Is this an accurate assessment? I believe so because um, it doesn't matter how much love and affection I may receive from my spouse. It doesn't matter how much time. It doesn't matter um, if I think that I'm checking all the boxes. If I don't have a personal walk with the Lord personally, if that's not sorted out, um, then I'm still missing something really big and that's going to show up and be evidenced in our marriage. You know, if I'm doing well with the Lord, that means that I'm saying yes to him, that he has full control in my life. He's my Lord and Savior. So he has the ability then to walk me through different things and different stages. I'm not on my own. I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I can tell um, in my own life, but then also watching other people, if your relationship with God is not on point, it will affect your marriage. Yeah, I mean, we give good advice. People read marriage books. We give great advice. We, oh, we give amazing <laughs> advice. Just kidding. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but the root of us all is our human nature and things that we have been trained over the years. We've been modeled through our parents or through society. But one of the beautiful things about your relationship with Jesus is he gives you a new nature. Yeah. And you become partakers of a divine nature, the Bible says. And that old you, and there's good things in us. I, I, it's, it's a balance, right? Because the, the scripture, you know, you know, there's nothing good in us, you know, and there's, mm. um, you know, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's true, you know. But we are all made in the image of God, and we do have talents and abilities, and um, we can't say that every decision, every thought, every thing that we've learned over the years is completely wrong because God's fingerprints are all over creation. And, yeah. you know, love in any capacity is still rooted in God. And there's so it, it, we don't want it's hard sometimes to help people understand because they get these shadows of God or these fingerprints of God. And and they don't understand that there's this surrender of your life to Jesus and there's right. this transformation that happens when you give your heart to the Lord a hundred percent, like not serve him like a religion, but you completely ask God to be your God and him to forgive you of your sin and to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And now he begins working on you from the inside out rather than you trying to control everything from the outside in. So we have people, you know, we'll give good advice, like we said, 
and they'll try to change your habits externally. You know, for a little while, it seems to work. You know, they watch their words, they try to do good actions, but they still are at war inside with a fallen nature, with addiction. And if we're going to be honest, we'll get into this today. There's spiritual bondage, mm -hmm. curses that we've allowed into our lives, and the devil comes in demonically. And uh, that spiritual attack is a whole nother level. We have, we have physical struggles and we have mental struggles. And then now add this layer of this unseen realm, right? Spiritual warfare that happens. And I know people don't believe in it sometimes and they like to talk about it, but the Bible is very it's open real. about the reality of spiritual warfare and the reality of a devil and the reality of spirits, plural, and uh, what those things do. And we're going to get into all of that today, but the idea of it starts with surrendering to the Lord. Right. He is our deepest need. We were made in the image of God. And if we are not connected to our life source, then everything that we're doing leads to death in some way, shape, or form. And so we have to be reconnected to our yeah. life source. And this is such an important topic. You know, I, I know that there's like marriage counselors out there. There's other curriculum and they will give you great tips and great tools. Tips and, advice, and they're yeah. really good. Like they're... I, the, the things that you'll learn and hear and read are great tips, but at the very core of it, um, this is who we are and this is what we do. And we believe with our whole heart that if we're not serving the Lord, if we're not committed to him, if he, if he's not Lord of our life, which means he has an open door into every single part yeah. of who I am, every part of Absolutely. me is surrendered to him, then we're not living at our fullest capacity or fullest potential. And we're not tapping into everything that he put inside of us to be and to create. So you're missing out on so much and to bring God into your marriage is just that much more incredible, you know, just that mm -hmm. much more, more powerful. You even have a purpose together in your marriage, yeah. like in God, he's got great things in store for you. So this has to be one of the first conversations that we have. Yeah. I think it's just people also flipping a switch in their mind that when we talk about giving your heart to the Lord and welcoming God into their life, <clears throat> it's not about a religion. Yeah. I think still, if it, just because this podcast is hopefully going to go out all over the world, right? And what are people's concepts of God? You know, is he an idol in the room? You know, is he just a set of rules you follow? Is he just a church building that you attend and stand up, sit down, recite a few creeds, you know, and leave? You know, so why why does that make a difference in our kitchen when we're fighting or in our bedroom when we're fighting or when the bills are there and we don't know how to pay them or when my spouse is cheating on me or like how could that idol or how could that mm. glass stained glass window how could so you have this concept where people think when we say you need to surrender to god or welcome it's just this it re, un, this lack of knowledge yeah. that you're really inviting the god of the universe yeah. into your marriage into your personal life and then and then when he actually shows up because he'll speak to you too he speaks to your heart and he convicts you of like even if i say something to you that was just you know it was just in bitterness or it was just something that would have hurt you rather than me walking away and as a man being made aware trying to be made aware of that i mean you know how so many times i'm kind of dense you know <laughs> dense maybe <laughs> in some things but the holy spirit's in there saying no kevin that wasn't a little thing that you just said. You go back in there, right? I mean, and it's he, God talking to you. He is, like you said, he's the God of the universe. He is alive. He is well. He is the one who created us. And he is so much bigger than all of the problems that you're going to yeah. face in your marriage and day-to-day -day life. And he 
but yet he loves us individually. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us be individually because he loves us that much. And so why would I not want to invite him in? He has the answers. He's again, he's so much better bigger. And so he's the originator. He's the creator. He is the creator of marriage. So why would I not want to bring him in? And when I surrender, if we realize if we surrender to him first, first, then as we walk with the Holy Spirit, like he, like you said, he'll be the one convicting us. He'll be the one leading us. He'll be the one guiding us. And we're giving him our yes because he's Lord not just trying yeah. to do behavior management from marriage. And there's even times where maybe I'm not at a place to do the right thing because of my love for you. Right. But I'm at the I'm in the place where I'll still obey the Lord. Yes. And so I do it because I'm yeah. obeying the yeah. Lord. And and that that may be hard to take sometimes. Like it's I would true. love for you to to come and apologize or do a right action to but me. But I'm mad at because, you, so I'm yeah, not going to do you're it. You're mad at me. Yeah. Not that that would ever happen. No, but never. Of course. Never. You're mad at me and so in that moment, you're not doing it because of, of your my great love. love for me. Right. You're doing it because of your great honor, well, first respect, and, and foremost, love for the Lord. And then the love follows for you follows. Correct. Yeah. But I'm just being obedient, obedient. to God. And yeah. that even goes through no matter what you go through in life. So even if in marriage you are facing um, adultery, you're facing different things like that. When you are fully surrendered to the Lord, then your actions and how you respond and how you walk through moments like that that happen, um, you surrender that to the Lord. He'll walk with you. You know, it, it's just anyway. It's just much more powerful. Well, even that idea of adultery—not that that's everybody's journey or story—but you could use it as an example in a, a marriage where one of the two partners or both are seeking another partner. Well, that tells you right there that whatever right choice they may make is not because they feel it for their partner. Right. They're not saying no to that adultery opportunity because of their feeling of love towards their partner, but they may, you know. Shut it Shut off. it down and run back home because, again, of the reality of like, this isn't right. Well, what is that? That's that God in them. That's the, the, God, the Lord in their heart, you know, and they're honoring the Lord, even though what's back at home isn't fixed yet. But they're saying, no, the word of God says this isn't, this leads to death. This is not going to be, you know, what's best for me. So, yes, the deepest need, the first need is to be realigned with the Lord, to be partnered with Jesus. If something is out of order, it's out of alignment, and you walk up to a vending machine, and if there's a sign on it that says out of order, what does that mean? It means that it's not working. It doesn't work, right? And the only way for it to work is to get it back into order. And the only way to get things, you know, even even like your body, when your back is out of alignment, you know, you go to a chiropractor and he, what, realigns, right? And when something is out of order, it doesn't work, like a vending machine. When something's out of alignment, there's pain and pressure on one part of your body that shouldn't be there. And your other part of your body may be compensating and you're making it twice as hard on the rest of the body because you're out of alignment. That happens in our marriage too. When when we're not in alignment with the Lord because he's the head, we're not in alignment with the Lord, we're putting all these pressures on ourselves, pressures of finance, pressures of work, pressures of raising kids. And the first things first is to get put back into alignment with the head being straight where it needs to be and everything else, you know, comes into a line. And then all that pressure begins to be, you know, alleviated. So, so many times in marriage, I wonder if we're not compensating Mm. because we're not doing it God's way. We're not asking the Lord to be our center, to be our rock, our foundation, all those things. We're not in alignment. 
and we're just struggling. We're just struggling to get marriage to, to work right. And it's just, it's not. It's like you're like a person out of alignment walking with a limp. It's still not working. And it's actually causing damage in other places. But you have to start with getting things in alignment. We have some scriptures, just just things. Yeah, right you before you share that, um, share, share the scriptures. I almost picture like if I was, um, like had like rocks and you're stacking them um, top of each other, right? And then they're like crooked and out of alignment. Well, if I... Um, if I'm trying to fix all of the rocks on top and try to bring them into alignment and can't figure out why it's not steady, but that bottom rock is like tipped mm -hmm. sideways, it doesn't matter how much I adjust everything on top, right. it's still going to be unstable until I take that first foundational rock and I can adjust that so that it's even, so that it's that sure foundation, and then I can build on top of that. Yeah. So as much as we try to align all these outside things, which are good things, which we need to try to align those things, if we don't have the foundation rock lined up, sure foundation and steady where we're built on the rock, yeah. on Jesus, then it doesn't matter how much we try to adjust or to try to make it all work. It's still going to be unsure, mm -hmm. right? So to build upon that rock. Yeah, I want to keep going in our notes, but I just keep getting stuck on that. Like, I don't know that people believe us or believe the word of God. So it's not us, but they don't believe the word, you know, when it comes to you know, um, he has to be your Lord. Like Pastor Mayo, my pastor growing up, mm. used to say Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And there's just individuals who want to make him their Savior but not their Lord. Yeah. They want to make him their Sunday Lord but not their Monday Lord, you know, and just things like that. It's just my friends, as much as we want to talk about marriage and we got some fun things to talk about, some of this you just got to take on faith that this is the foundation. It reminds me of the, the parable Jesus talked about of... Um, building your house on the sand or building your house on the rock. Yeah. And it's just said that the storms came on both houses. I mean, they're both houses. You built a house. Mm -hmm. So you built something that there looked is, good. There's there a, a marriage there. there. Yeah. And it, and you created something. Mm -hmm. You had a house and it was, and it looked good and it probably held for a while. A until yeah. there were storms. Yeah. And when the storms came and here's the interesting thing, building your house on Jesus, building your house on the rock of Christ, it doesn't prevent storms from coming. Right. In this world, you will have trouble, the Bible says. So being a Christian, being a believer, does not exempt us from the troubles of life. But there's an anchor to you. There's a foundation to your marriage. Every marriage will face trouble. Yeah. Every marriage will face challenges because yeah. we live in a fallen world and we're, we're human beings that are fallen. And, you know, there's spiritual warfare like we talked about. But the house that was built on the sand fell every time it fell because it wasn't built on the one deepest need on the rock of Jesus Christ, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it seems so simple. And because it's been said so much, you know, so many books, so many movies, so many conferences, you know, people take it for granted. And, and again, it's like they're looking for another fix An easier other fix. than Jesus. It doesn't require as much, doesn't right? doesn't require because, you giving him your whole life. Because yeah. if I surrender to God, right. that means he's Lord of every part of Correct. my life. It costs me everything. It's not a little ask. And so I think our human nature is always looking for, well, well what else can I do? What's the yeah. easier thing? Behavior modification. Just go to a counselor, which <clears throat> are good. Go to counselors. Mm -hmm. I'm Absolutely. not saying not to do that. But we try to skip out on the on the on that root foundation, that, that rock that we build everything on. And... Man, this episode is the time for you to just pause and ask that question. And you know what? It's a lot 
of, of, of a less stressful way, way to live when you just do it God's way yeah. and give him the keys, give him every single part of your life, surrender it. My goodness, you're not going to be living in torment. You know, double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Yeah. You cannot have one foot walking with God and one foot out. You can't give him 80% of your life or even 95% of the parts of your heart. And he has to take it all or you're going to be miserable mm-hmm. trying to live that way anyway. Yeah. So again, just that whole idea of, you know, there must be an, another answer other than the Lord. And the Lord is the first answer. Yes, yes. there are other steps. Yes, yeah. there are other actions. But the first things first, the deepest need first, the foundation first, the rock first, the alignment, yeah. the out of order, all those things. So sometimes people oversimplify it and they're like, well, I went to church, I prayed a prayer, gave my life to Jesus, and my marriage still is broken. Because yes, there are other actions that the Holy Spirit will help walk you through, yeah. but you still have to get first things first. Well, because when you surrender to God, yeah. part of surrendering is, again, opening your heart to Him. And then that's part of renewing your mind. Like your spirit is instantaneously transformed, right? When you give yeah. your life to Jesus, like that's a new nature. You're, you, you're, that's that, like your spirit is reborn. It's brand new. But then we still have this, like our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions that have to go through transformation, that have to go through um, renewing. That's like a church word called sanctification. Like we're getting rid of old habits and we're starting to do things God's way and learning new things the way that God wants us to do things. That's a process. But the first thing is opening the door and then being moldable to the Holy Spirit as he walks with you and he'll start to take you on that journey. Let's move beyond the conversation about, you know, nature and sin or, you know, um, behavior in a bit and talk about other reasons why having Christ first is so healthy and everything else. And and a lot of it has to do with these needs. You know, mm-hmm. there are needs in a human being. You know, there's a need of food, need of shelter, all that kind of thing. You know, but personally, internally, there's a need of acceptance. There's a need for an identity. There's needs for feeling a sense of security and need for purpose. We need to yeah. feel like we have purpose. You know, and we've talked to marriages where the spouse, husband or wife, they might lose their sense of purpose, especially as they get older or if the kids graduate and leave the house and, you know, battles go through there. You know, identity where it's like... Um, I don't know who I am without my spouse or my spouse somehow becomes my identity, right? Rather than who are you? You were made in the image of God. You have a purpose. You have a plan. God brought you here uh, for a reason. And um, and then sometimes spouses and husbands and wives get all, you know, he's a puppy dog. She's too strong. He's too weak. He's too strong. She's too... And it's like all these things that get just kind of out of order you know, when it comes to acceptance, identity, you know, insecurities. And when a person lives out of insecurity, it affects marriage because they don't, you know, they don't, sometimes they don't feel attractive and they don't act attractive. They don't, they don't go do great purposeful things. Their life is really small. So then they feel bored with their life because they feel like they're insecure about their identity, who they are. They don't feel like they, that they have a voice, you know, or they're waiting for their spouse to give them a voice. I mean, there's just so many things that are, you know, we don't realize, again, when you're out of alignment with the Lord, um, that all these things are affected. So how does aligning with Christ first, how does that help give you a foundation of, of acceptance? Let's start with that. Well, I think that 
when you start with that foundation, like again, the Lord's going to work on all those things because we're all brought up and raised in different situations, circumstances. We had different parents, right? We've walked through different life traumas. We've walked through different things. Maybe we didn't have the best parents that told us that we were amazing. Maybe because of what somebody spoke over us, we think very little of ourselves. And so we have those issues, right? Like identity issues or acceptance issues or a lack of security or all these kinds of things. And so those things follow us into our marriage, right? They follow us into every single relationship. And so they just kind of get bigger when you're in a marriage, you know, if you weren't secure. magnified. Yeah, I love that. It just gets magnified when you come into relationships. If you dealt with insecurity, if you dealt with security, if you dealt with issues, if you dealt with any even purpose and those kinds of issues are just going to get bigger. And the only way to find that, like, I can't, you are not my savior. You know, you are not the one who has to fill every one of those needs. You can't, you're, you're incapable of helping me like be my purpose. You're incapable of helping me find my identity fully. You can love me. You can speak life over me. All of that is powerful. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be enough for what I need. Yeah. And I, and it's unfair of me to look at you and to say, that's your job. It's not your job to do all of that for me. I need to have my personal relationship with the Lord and in him, he is my, he's where I find my identity. Identity, He's where I find my purpose. He's where I find my safety and security. He's where I find all of those deepest needs. So it's like a domino effect, but I start with Jesus, right? And what's beautiful is then you're not looking at me to fill all of your deepest needs either. You're going to look at the Lord and then we're going to link arms and walk together. Now I'm going to breathe life into you and I'm going to, you know, but I'm not going to be perfect at that. And I I surely cannot take the place of God in your life because I'm definitely not him. So (laughs) I'm not capable of doing that. I was even thinking about security. You know, you think about financial security, you think about safety, you think about the future. And as much as I want to take care of you in the future, and I want to make sure that you have what you need, you know, I don't know what's coming. Right. You know, and I don't know what I have the capacity to overcome. Am I educated enough? Do I have the strength? Do I have the money to take care of you in the years to come? And the truth is, it's all, it's all in the Lord's hands, you know. And there's that sense of I'll do what I can. Yeah. But real security, again, it's not found in you. It's not found in me. It's the fact that the Lord is in front of us. Yeah. And He's going before us. And He said that He'll never leave us or forsake us, and that He'll supply our needs. And even if I were to lose a job or you were to need something that I couldn't provide, somehow the Lord would make a way for that to happen if we're walking with him. Right. Again, there's that 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 security that, look, we're going through a storm, that we're going through something unexpected, but it didn't catch God off guard. Right. And he's still all powerful, which means he's not this isn't bigger than him. And so this is just a practical reasoning. What I'm saying, when there's this belief together in God and there's this surrender together in God that it's more practical than you think. It's not just about obedience, not just about going to church. It's not even just about going to heaven, but there's a sense of like, even in the idea of security and peace in your home, because so many fights happen because of fear. So many arguments happen because we don't feel like we're in control. But then the idea that God is in control and he's ahead of us, it may still feel scary, but it's not as scary. And you can be believing together. No, it's powerful. Well, and I just even think of our own marriage. Like I've brought... um, years of insecurity and even just identity of not knowing exactly like I had 
some identity. I knew I was a child of God. I knew I was his daughter, but trying to figure out my purpose and what God had specifically called me to do and being insecure because I'm, I like to say that I'm a recovering perfectionist. So (laughs) I put a lot of pressure on myself, but all of those different things adding up, it's not fair for me to come into marriage. And I, and I think for a vast, like a decent chunk of the beginning of our marriage, I would look at you to try to to validate Mm -hmm. or to give me purpose or to give me, or even if you're okay, if I'm, am I doing okay? Am I okay? Am I doing okay? Or to help me feel secure about myself, but that wasn't fair for me to place that on you, you know? And it's really, that comes out of my relationship with God, me digging into the word of God, me trusting him, me listening to what he's saying about me, me renewing my own mind, not to what Kevin says about me, but to what God says about me. Yeah. And what's beautiful about that is that's a sure rock solid foundation. So when I get that from God, then the way I show up in my marriage is completely different. When I trust God for my security, when I trust God for my purpose, when I trust God for my identity and coming into the marriage, like we're both much stronger because mm-hmm. I'm not second guessing anything, yeah. you know, like and I, I, we bring that into our marriage and that, but that's a work that I'm, you know, 25 years into marriage, I'm still on that journey with the Lord that will never end. Um, But it's that commitment to God. Just And we can take this whole concept further and we'll get into some more spiritual warfare here in a minute, but it, all of those things are not just marriage issues, identity, security, purpose, acceptance, because you could be a single person and you you're trying to find acceptance in the crowd. Or you could be married, but you're still looking for your identity in right. your job or in right. your paycheck. Some, but something to tell you you're worth something. Yeah. So if you lose that job, you lose that paycheck, you've lost your identity, you've lost your security. Yeah. And then that affects even your marriage. Yeah. You go home feeling like you have no more identity. You're not a man. You're not a. You're not a wife because something happened that was out of your control, you know, or whatever. And so these things are not just in marriage. It's all of our life. Again, yeah. first things first. Um, because people look into friendships, even children. You know, the children are your purpose. The children are your identity. But then they grow up and then they, they go grow away. Up and go to college. We just experienced that. Our first what one off experience? to college. Our first one out the door to college, and it's incredible. But if my whole entire identity is wrapped up in each one of my kids, your purpose and identity. In a couple of yeah. years, when our last one's out the door, I'm going to have nothing yeah. <laughs> to focus on. But Except yet, me. my purpose doesn't. <laughs> But if they were my identity and they were my purpose, then all of a sudden I'm like, what am I? And so many, you know, I'd be like, what am I going to do with my life? And so many people find themselves there. But yet I know that I have the call of God in my life. I'm going to be busy doing what God's called me to do. I'm going to miss that season of having them in the house. But it doesn't mean that I'm nothing now. Yeah, or that you're done or there's nothing else to contribute. Right. You know, all those things. So, yeah, it works in so many areas of our life. So let's talk a little bit about the spiritual warfare, you know, action of this, because we're wanting people to connect with God, we're wanting people to surrender completely. That's not, I shouldn't say we are wanting people, right? Because no. it's not about us. Yeah. That's what the word of God says. You know, he has to be the Lord. He has to be the savior. He has to be the foundation. Um, your deepest needs are going to be met by him. Those who come to him will never thirst again. He, he quenches the deepest thirsts. You can go everywhere looking for that glass of water, but Jesus said, you know, those who come to me and drink from this well will never thirst again. He is the one that quenches your deepest thirst, your deepest needs, your deepest desires. But one of the reasons we need to really address this is he, the Lord, um, in that total surrender, giving your life to Jesus, is there's things that we struggle with 
um, internally or secretly that we're not giving to the Lord. And let's, you know, there's sin patterns and there's, you know, things that we just allow to stay there and we need forgiveness. Yeah. And we need to come out of agreement with those habits and with those addictions and we need to bring them into the light and not just make them the Lord of our good stuff in our marriage or the Savior and the good stuff in our marriage, but he, we need him to be the Savior of all the dark stuff, the stuff that we don't talk about in church because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, being addicted to pornography, being um, being um, addicted to prescription drugs. Um, alcohol. Uh, alco- uh, alcoholism, yeah, getting involved in alcoholism where you just, it's, it's taken over. You can't, it's not, you're, it's, it's controlling you. Um, people in their homes, they go to church smiling, but they go home and they get into domestic violence yeah. where a husband is abusing his wife, either physically or mentally, yeah. uh, Anger, uh, emotionally. Rage. Yeah, rage. There's holes in the walls, you know, in the house or TVs that are broken, you know, but also wives abusing their husbands in a different way, yeah. maybe physically um, in some, you know, Capacities. capacity. I don't want to deny that that's possible. But maybe somehow with manipulation or verbal. depriving them of sexual needs or trying to control that or way. verbal abuse. Verbal abuse. Um, witchcraft. I mean, let's get into the real stuff, too, deeper stuff. There's people involved in witchcraft. Yes. And they're sitting in our churches. Yeah. And they're sitting underneath the teaching of the, of the scriptures. You know, um, their parents were raised in the occult. They still have occultic movies that they watch or... Um, occultic practices that they don't realize they're still bringing into their homes, you know? So, I mean, there's just so much, as much as we'd like to say, it's always just forgiveness and bitterness. Like there's like some legit dirty laundry and darkness. And it's not that God is like trying to embarrass people and he's never, whenever God puts his finger on sin and he puts his finger on these bonds or whatever, he's not trying to humiliate. He's always trying to bring freedom. Right. And he's trying to expose it because the truth makes you free, right? So ignoring it, pretending like it's not there, not addressing those things, um, it goes back into the idea of surrender. Are we complete? Is he really the Lord? Is he really the Savior of all? And um, he wants to not just be the God of your eternity. He wants to help you walk through this life right now. And every one of those things, addictions, bondages, generational sins, habits you've learned from the generations or generational curses, um, Every one of those things is going to lead to stealing, killing, and destroying. Yeah. Because they're all from the devil, and the enemy mm-hmm. comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you have any thoughts on any of that before no, we move No, it's powerful. And if something's in your life and it's there, first of all, I, you know, like if it's from the enemy and it's going to be there to steal, kill, and destroy, I don't want it in my life. I don't want to give it any open door into operate in my life or the lives of the people that I love. And so if there is an open door there, why would I keep the door open and allow the enemy still to function in my life? Like, I don't want what that's going to bring. And sometimes we just like to be, we've been in denial, like not even allowing ourselves to see um, that there there may be some things in our life that um, we're opening the door to. So even just pausing and asking the Holy Spirit, God, would you just show me, is yeah. there something? Even because, right now while we're listening. Yeah, right now while we're listening, asking the Holy Spirit, because there may be things that you saw in your home growing up that you've picked up just from being in there that you didn't realize whether it's, it is manipulation or it is verbal abuse or it is um, anger or rage. And you just maybe always thought these things were normal or the occult or any of those kinds of things and ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes because he will show it to you. And then when you realize it, then 
having a moment to ask for forgiveness and to step out of those things and walk out free. And then you're closing the door. You don't, why would we keep the door open to the enemy being able to work in our lives? So a couple of thoughts and we're going to get into some prayer. So this episode's going to be a little longer. Um, but the Lord takes you right now, right as you are. Yeah. So we never want to come across like you've got to get all this out and sorted and then come to Jesus. No, praise God. No, praise God. It's like waiting you need to go to the doctor because you're sick and you have to wait till you're healthy and then you go to the doctor and tell him you were sick no he says come right now even if you don't know what to do like you're you are so addicted to something or this habit is so rooted you have no idea how to stop the anger you have no idea how to stop the pornography pornography the sexual addictions you have no idea how to even get out of that adulterous relationship you don't know how some people i mean my goodness we've been in this so long we have people who like they live in a, in a legitimate haunted house. Like yeah. there's so much demonic activity going yeah, on. That's real. You know, things are floating around the house. People are floating around the house. It's just like, I know that sounds crazy. And people are like, this couple is nuts. No, we've just been around a long time. But I mean, that's just extremes. And I bring it up on purpose, like the extremes, right? Right. And you can be in the middle of that craziness. And you're like, what do I do? There's, we're so far gone. You're not too far gone. You're not too far gone. And it starts with just surrendering your life to Jesus and just asking him to get involved in this. And he will. That's, that's the key. That's the beautiful part of the Lord is he's not waiting for you to clean it up and fix it, figure it out. He's saying, let me do this. Let me help you. I'm that the Holy Spirit is the helper and he's not a lot of help if he doesn't have opportunity to help with the big stuff too. Yeah. Right. And so he's not scared of the dirtiness or the darkness. He's not He's not put off with the impurity. Like the leper would come to Jesus or the sick person would come to Jesus and they'd touch him and he never got sick. He was never afraid yeah. of being infected. Yeah. Right? But the purity and holiness and power in him pushed out, out the, yeah. the darkness and the sickness and the disease in them. Right. And so we're just saying, come to Jesus, let him help you. This is the foundation. And and here you are trying to have a, a healthy marriage and you're just trying to add a couple good habits, but look at all this stuff. Baggage. stuff. Baggage. This demonic, sinful, painful, dark stuff that we're just not addressing. Even and then just, we're trying to have a good marriage. And even some of the things too, it could be just brokenness. Yeah. Like absolute brokenness of being abandoned or rejected your whole life or sexually abused, sexually as, a child. abused as a child or as an adult or um, any of those things too, just complete that's just all this baggage, you know, that we just walking through life or our own choices. And so when we pray, we're just going to believe God just to, it's like, just get rid of all of that stuff. And some of it, we have to repent and we have to come and repent means to change direction. Right. And it means that we're going to come out of agreement because we've been carrying all this luggage. And so by doing that, we've been like agreeing with it's, it's, it's right to stay in our lives. It's right to control us. We've, we've, whether we realize it or not by hanging on to it, like there's, we have to come out of agreement Mm -hmm. with it's right to be in our lives and to change direction, to repent, to say, God, I'm sorry. And then to let it go, lay it down and go the opposite direction. Yeah, man. Yeah, because what you don't want to do is just say, God, help me, but not right. desire to change yeah, or not yeah. let him help you make the changes. But go in the opposite direction right. and then get plugging, plugged into your church. Yeah. Absolutely get plugged into your church. Go talk to pastors, ministry leaders, get right counseling and ministry um, to continue to walk forward. Yeah, because it will um, be a process. It's going to be a journey. It's a process, yeah. but that's part of renewing our mind. But the first step... Yep is to let the truth set you free, yeah. to repent, to come out of agreement, 
and to break its hold on your life yeah. and then to continue to move forward. So let me give you a couple of scriptures of encouragement. Um, John chapter eight, verse 36, the Bible says, he who the son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Jesus is the chain breaker. Jesus opens prison doors, sets the captives free. And when you, he has set you free, then you are absolutely free. And that may mean walking out that freedom, but you are, you are coming from a place of I've been made free and I'm not waiting to get free, yeah. but he's made me free and Amen. I'm just walking out that freedom. And then in the book of Luke chapter four, it's quoted a few other places in scripture, but Jesus is reading a prophecy about himself and he's referred to as he who sets the captives free. Like he opens prisons doors, like we said, and he sets captives free. Amen. Um, and so today you might feel captive to an addiction, fight, might feel captive to a past that you can't forgive yourself, a captive to a drug situation, captive to a painful point in your past, um, a memory or whatever. Uh, but he sets the captives free. The idea of generational sins or generational curses that might uh, we might mention just as we're praying, and we're going to pray through some of it and do some spiritual warfare, battling for our guests that are watching today, our friends that are watching, things like adultery, things like addiction, drug, alcohol, sex addictions, divorce, anger. These are things that can be in our family line. Yeah. Like they're historically, it's mm -hmm. not just us. Yeah. Our parents were divorced. Our grandparents were divorced. They struggled. With, alcohol has been in our family for generations. You know, drug addiction, sex, sex addictions and perversions. I mean, you could have fathers and grandfathers that opened a huge door of, mm -hmm. of pornography and it just gets passed down from generation to generation. That's how, how, how they're raised. You know, this yeah. is normal. This is natural. You know, adultery, all that stuff. Um, perversion, anger, abandonment, um, neglect, slothfulness. You know, all those things are sins and they're curses in a family. What, and that even affects a marriage. Like, uh, one, you know, if, if the spouse is needing to get a job because we need everybody working on this, or it's the husband not being faithful to be, you know, a good worker, they can't keep a job, they keep quitting, they're lazy. Here, this wife is trying to, like, pay for everything and hold him. He's at home eating chips and yelling at her for not making money. And he's got all these excuses. Like that could also be a generational problem, something that that's been in that family. It needs to be broken. Yeah. Like it's not, a, it's not okay to just keep it there. Yeah. And then the kids are raised in that and, and all that. Do you have something so, to say on that? Well, I'm just going to say too, like, I like what you said, generational problem. Cause some people get freaked out. We see generational curse, but it's really yeah. just like something that's just come down it's in, the in the family. It's been in the family years. and it is a problem in the family. But what I'm excited about is that we're getting ready to pray. And I say, go Jesus, because yeah, we're going to break that. But then I want, I want those, everybody listening, like, you know, to get excited yeah. about a moment like this to get their faith up that God has them in for such a time as this hearing this right now for such a time as this mm -hmm. to be a chain breaker in their yeah. family mm -hmm. to stop those patterns and those things that have been maybe passed down or even maybe they started in their in their life as well but they can stop it and it doesn't have yeah. to go past them yeah it's going to sound really old school churchy, but they can draw the bloodline of Jesus. <laughs> this Line, sin and yes. this pattern stops yeah. right here, yeah. Yeah. you know, but there's, you know, softness, pride, chauvinism, you know, there's things there that God just needs to address that husbands and wives, you were both made in the image of God Amen. and he values you both. And there's not this superiority, mm -mm. Um, rebellion, the occult, constant cycles of debt. Right, yeah. just habits of debt where families just can never get ahead. That can be a spiritual thing, not just a 
a, a, a physical thing. Unforgiveness, mental illness that kind of passes through the family, which again affects everything. Depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, physical illnesses, yeah. hypertension, heart disease, cancers, all kinds of stuff, diabetes, and just Poverty. unhealth that just passes. It's like whether it's spiritual or whether it was habits picked up by parents or eating habits because we were just trained to eat this certain way or do this. Again, the Lord, he knows how we function. Yeah. He knows what to do, what not to do. And the Bible even says, he whispers and says, this is the way, walk ye in it. And so again, you know, we might not all be trained in nutrition, but the Holy Spirit can give us wisdom and convict us of things and say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't eat donuts every day, you or know, three times a week. Every meal, <laughs> for every or, meal. You know, or maybe we should throttle back on the soda. Dog, right, like three times. And the Bible says that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-discipline, you know, so it's as simple as that sometimes where it's not always a demon. Sometimes there is a spirit talking yeah. to me from yeah. that cheeseburger. Anyway, <laughs> um, but there's this just sense of surrendering to the Lord. He's, he's so much more than just spiritual. He's practical and he's, he's the deliverer and yeah. coming out of those bondages and, and poverty and addictions and any, all those other things that we haven't even mentioned. So the first thing I want to do is lead everyone in a prayer to commit their heart to Jesus, not assuming that everyone has done that, not assuming um, that you even know how to do that. Um, but if you would, and you're hearing this, you just pray this little prayer with us. Now, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Keep yeah, them open. Yeah, please keep your eyes open. <laughs> but, but genuinely, the Lord hears you right now while you're praying. And it doesn't have to be a long prayer. But we can begin to pray. So, Lord, right now we just begin to pause and we begin to open our hearts. And I pray that as individuals repeat this prayer, we know you hear them and you absolutely save and forgive and invade their life as their Lord and Savior. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God. Dear God. I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you see me. Just as I am. Just as I am. I realize that I have sinned. I realize that I've sinned. And I've walked away from you. And I've walked away from you. I receive. I receive. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Today. Today. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. I believe. I believe. That he died for me. That he died for me. And that he rose again. And that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Take every part of me now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, as a child of God, which you are, I want to pray another prayer. And it's a corporate prayer over you. And you can repeat it if you'd like. You can go back and listen to it later. But I believe that I have the authority and the Holy Spirit to be able to pray these things. And what am I doing? I'm going to break some of these spiritual bondages. I'm going to speak towards some of these spiritual dynamics in your life. And it, I don't have to scream and holler. I can just pray and the power of God and the Holy Spirit can go minister freedom into your life and situation. And so I'm going to pray this corporate prayer over you. And as, as I pray it, just if you need to come into agreement, say, yes, Lord, let that be. I receive that. Yes, Jesus. Then that's us agreeing together. Yeah. And the two or more gathered agreeing together in his name, let that word be established. So let me just pray a freedom prayer over your marriage and over you. And let's receive what's inside of it. So I pronounce blessing, the blessing of unity and oneness over your marriage today. I declare respect for spouses and godly reverence, and it thrives in your marriage today. I speak over you fruitfulness and success over your marriage. Today, I decree and I declare favor and abundance of love 
and accurate communication and harmony in your marriage and in these spouses in Jesus' name. I release elevated levels of submission over your lives to serve and honor one another Mm. and to honor and serve the Lord. I break all demonic-inspired programs against you. These marriages and these roots and any strategies of failure that the enemy might have placed in your marriage, we break them off of you right now in Jesus' name. We decree God's banner over your marriage, and the banner of your marriage is love. Yeah. I proclaim peace and freedom from all quarreling, arguing, marital sabotage in Jesus' name. I forbid any and all negative effects from your past to access these marriages today. All demonic networks of lust, perversion, adultery, they are displaced and they are rendered inoperative against these marriages. Mm-hmm. We renounce and we repent all of the occult activity from our past or our family history right now in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Spirits of seduction, illegal conversations, they are stopped now in Jesus' name. Yeah. I pronounce success, longevity, divine health upon your marriage right now in Jesus' name. All negative outside interference from in-laws, co-workers, friends are all cut off right now in Jesus' name. I pronounce honor over your marriage mm-hmm. and any and all dishonor is removed in Jesus' name. Every stone of reproach is being rolled away from the grave openings where these marriages have been buried. These marriages shall not be a statistic, but become a model uh, for accuracy and legacy in Jesus' name. Stability and soundness flow in these marriages, and all streams of dysfunction are now under the name of Jesus. Acceptance and celebration for spouses, personalities, nature, personality, singular, (laughs) personality, natural and spiritual positions reign in these marriages right now in Jesus' Mm -hmm. name. So we accept our spouse. We we accept their personality. We accept their natural and spiritual positions in Jesus' name. We come out of agreement with any generational sins, the occult practices such as curses, vows, covenants our families have made. We repent and apply the blood of Jesus upon these generations. And we acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord of this marriage. We break all generational curses that have been passed down, and we receive freedom from addiction, freedom from illness and behaviors that have followed our ancestors. We are new creatures in Christ, and we are set free through Christ, and we enforce that freedom in Jesus' Jesus name. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've just done in this podcast. We pray for freedom. We pray for restoration. We pray for new beginnings. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for listening and watching uh, and being with us today. And um, we're going to get ready to move on to the next topic. So join us next time. We're going to continue our conversation on marriage. 